Hello, everyone. This is Aspet Bedrosian. And this is Hovik Manucharyan. And we are doing a daily touch base with Gev Iskajian on the latest conditions during the Artsakh blockade. Gev is with the ANC in Artsakh, Nagorno-Karabakh. He lives in Stepanagerd. Today is January 18, 2023. Hey, Gev. How are you doing? Good evening, Gev. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm doing well. Good to be on. So what's the latest today? So as you guys may be aware, yesterday, Azerbaijan had cut off the gas for a couple of hours. We were hopeful that that would be the end of it. Unfortunately, today, for I would say just about the entirety of the day, the gas has been uh, cut off here. And now, as we mentioned before, with the rolling blackouts and the extreme toll that the energy grid has been uh, taking here, uh, we run the risk of a complete blackout, which is uh, no gas, no electricity here in Artsakh, because as people don't have the gas resources to heat their homes, they're naturally going to use electric heaters uh, and so forth to keep themselves warm. And it's been pretty cold over there, huh? Yes, it's uh, it's fairly cold. It's near zero Celsius temperatures out here. And as soon as everyone starts using or many people start using the electric grid to heat their homes, we now run the risk of a complete blackout. So the last time that the gas was cut off, it was restored after about three or four hours. What's the condition this time? Are there negotiations or is it just indefinitely off? As of right now, it's indefinitely off. And I'm sure this will you know, go into one of our next topics. It's fairly interesting and, and it's a good point to hone in on that Azerbaijan makes this seem this this crisis seem like it's only due to the protesters that are blockading the corridor. However, they're finding other methods of pressure exertion onto the population. So it shows us that the Azerbaijani government, not that we didn't know before, but it explicitly shows us in the international community that the Azerbaijani government is looking for methods of pressure. This is basically, it's just a collective punishment. It's collective torture, in my opinion. And I don't know why. Um, well, I, I think I know why. I mean, I think we're tired of asking these questions. But, you know, I just want to express my thanks to our Artsakhsi brothers and sisters for enduring this, even though they don't have to because of Nikol Pashinyan. But it's just like a, it's, it's a very surreal situation. But, Aspen, let's go on to the next issue, which was that bus yesterday. So yesterday, finally, after 38 days, there was a group of 19 kids in Goris who were stuck in Goris and who essentially that's when the corridor got closed. Uh, finally, they were somehow allowed to cross the corridor and go back to Stepanakert. Unfortunately, a, a major incident happened. The bus was stopped by Azeri military and someone barged in and tried to take a video of these terrified kids there's reports about, uh, you know, uh, p- people fainting and they all like either broadcast this live or aired this uh, episode of them videoing all these horrified kids on Azerbaijani public TV. Gev, what else can you tell us about this incident? Do you know any more details? I know there was uh, some fog of information in terms of how many kids uh, were transported over. I can confirm that there were 19 that came through. And I can also say that, one, the exploitation of children in that way, even if they're claiming that, you know, they just went in to record or they went in to check to violate the rights of those families to have their kids barged in on something that, you know, for any uh, 
young child is probably a traumatic experience enough going through that corridor, uh, the uncertainty that, you know, comes with it. And then on top of that, to be stopped and then to have, you know, Azeris come into your vehicle. All of that is terrible enough. The one thing that I, I would say is that this reality isn't uh, something away from the norm. This is actually the norm that Azerbaijan wants to put and pressure onto Artsakh. They want the ability to at any time, uh, and this is what they're asking for as part of you know everything that's going on in this blockade, they want the ability at any time to check any car, uh, regardless of the fact that there are Armenian citizens or whatever, that goes in and out of Artsakh. Now, can you imagine, like this is terrible enough for those 19 kids, can you imagine the thousands of kids that let's say, would have to live under those conditions for the Armenian workers and drivers and uh, whatever it may be to, at any uh, point, at the whim of Azerbaijani armed soldiers to have their cars and their privacy taken advantage of like that. And uh, on top of that, it's difficult to find a family in Artsakh today that hasn't been affected by the war. Either a, a close one a close one, or even sort of a father of those kids might have been participant in the war or may have even, God forbid, perished in that war. So you're asking these people to face the, your mortal enemy, one who has expressed, you know, its desire to kill you. I mean, it's just like, uh, it's just surreal. I would never uh, imagine my kids going through that. And I'm really sorry for all these kids. But do you know who okayed this and who was uh, organizing this? Uh, I can't speak to that because I'm not privy to uh, all of those facts, but I know that it was facilitated by the Russian peacekeepers. Right. And the re- Russian peacekeepers also, in, you know, reported that some Azeris, essentially they reported that some Azeris tried to get in and they, you know, it was a sp- split second thing, but still I think that it's just surreal that they can even get to do that. The other thing that I wanted to say about this is that some cynical Azerbaijanis on social media count cars of Russian peacekeepers and they show videos of Russian peacekeepers passing by and saying, see, there is no blockade. We're allowing everyone to go through. Yet the first opportunity they get to harass Armenian kids, they do that and they live broadcast it and no cognitive dissonance there, I guess, for them. Yeah, if you look at their press hobby, you can see their articles counting humanitarian cars and claiming that there's no blockade. And their press is completely controlled press. Nothing goes out without government approval. They all miss the point of the entire international community asking them to open communications unconditionally. Let's also remember that freedom of movement of an individual and community is a basic human right, which is being obstructed right now. Yes. Let me go to our final point that we want to make, because today there have been many European statements urging Azerbaijan to open the corridor unconditionally. Russia also asked Azerbaijan to open the corridor, and Foreign Minister Lavrov said that he thinks the situation will be resolved soon. But, Hovig, you were telling me that Arai Harutunyan made a statement and said that an agreement has not yet been reached. What agreement are we talking about here? What's the negotiation? I mean, not even yet reached. I think, uh, I think he, he presented it as, at least uh, that was how the news reported, that he said they failed to reach an agreement. It was facilitated by the Russian peacekeepers uh, at the Russian base. And the deputy of the general staff of Azerbaijan met with Araik Harutsunyan. I believe that was the meeting. I don't know what was what the issues were, but there was also at the same time leaks in the both Azerbaijani and Armenian press that the Azerbaijani side put forth five demands. We, we don't need to go 
on, on these. But the thing that I'd like to put a spotlight on is that, you know, there are demands and the, 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 the blockade is directly related to these demands. Many times uh, Azerbaijani officials try to spin it uh, as if, you know, hey, there's no blockade. Feel free to pass by. But there are concrete demands, including, I believe, uh, establishment of border checkpoints and demilitarization of the Artsakh self-defense forces. So first of all, that tells me that it's not unconditional. Second, it tells me, Gev, you can confirm this, that this is a government-sanctioned blockade. This is a government-sponsored blockade. It's not just a bunch of echo people doing their own thing. Absolutely. And um, uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't want to, you know, go delve into what the, you know, separate points are that the Azerbaijani government is asking for. But I can tell you every single one of them is aimed at Artsakh losing its own agency. It's aimed at crippling Artsakh. The motives here are not ecological. The motives here are pressure points being put on Azerbaijan to uh, effectively cripple Artsakh, to cripple our ability to function as a state. And I'm sure in the coming days, as more information comes out, we can delve into that. Okay, Gev, thank you very much. Let's talk tomorrow and see and hope that some of these things have been alleviated. Hang in there, Gev. Yeah, sounds good, boys. 